Okay, I'm ready. All right, we are um, about to start Bible class here. Um, I believe Sister Griffin is half in, half out. Yeah, I am. I'm here. All right, can you lean to your left just a little bit? There she is. <laughs> it's not just good to be heard, but seen also. Yeah, okay, I'm here. All right. So, Sister Riddle, we have the Griffins, Tina's at work listening, Sister April, me and Alice. I don't know what happened to Isaac. He must have dropped it off. He's back. Oh, he's back. All right. All right. It's good to see everyone tonight. I pray that everyone's doing well. Yeah. I'm going to ask everyone to if at all possible, to silence your cell phones, TVs, radios, MP3s, children. <laughs> um, put a hanger on your door and say, do not disturb. Yeah, right. They knock anyway. I know. Uh-huh. Uh, but it really is good to see it here, everybody. Um, Evangelist Riddle is, uh, has a good lesson that she's prepared for us tonight. So I'm asking everyone to draw their minds in, and, and I'll offer a word of prayer, and she will um, kick us off. I ask everyone to please bow their heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for watching over us and keeping us. We thank you for your constant care your continued companionship, the mercy that you continue to gift us, the grace that you send every morning. We pray, dear Lord, as we come together for Bible study, that you will continue to help and guide us through this maze of life. We want to please you in every way we know. We want to follow you. We want to understand your word so we can know how to put it into our life. Continue to help us draw closer to you and give us wisdom to understand your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. I'm looking forward to the lesson. All right. Good evening, everybody. Hope everybody is doing good. Tonight's lesson is going to be about how to understand why good people go to hell. Now, I know when I sent out the message, uh-huh, that's the for real title right there. I know when I sent out the message, and you know, why good people don't go to heaven. Well, you know, that's got to be the opposite, okay? Um, however, we're going to be going into the book of Romans, and we're going to be doing Romans, the second chapter, picking up with the fourth verse, picking up with the fourth verse. And I do ask, if anybody got any questions or comments, please do not hesitate to ask. If I can't answer it, Pastor Webb, I'm pretty sure, can answer it, or somebody else on here can answer it. But just don't walk away not having your question answered, okay? All right. Um, just to get you started with the book of Romans, this church was split in their ways of thinking and worshiping. Uh, you had the Jews on one side and the Gentiles on the other. And... With the first four chapters of Romans, Paul is expressing to them in chapter 1, he goes back into Genesis and reminds them about the promise with Abraham that God made. In chapter 2, <coughs> excuse me, he's really showing how all of us are 
not guaranteed, I can say, to go to heaven because there are some things that we have to be mindful of, okay? And this sets the stage for what our lesson is going to be about tonight. The first thing is point number one. God will evaluate according to truth as outlined in the Bible, and that's Romans 1, chapter 1 through chapter 3. Now, we understand that God is a righteous and faithful God, and he is going to judge everything according to the truth because some of us, I won't say some of us, a lot of us, we got it bad about wanting to compare ourselves to other people, and that's not a good thing because everybody is not walking and doing what they need to be doing, especially doing this faith walk. On Judgment Day, God will say to those who died without Jesus Christ as their Savior, in so many words, he's going to be asking them, okay, let's judge you for who you really are. And some of us got some skeletons in our closets. I know I do. And during that particular day, <laughs> the closet doors are going to be open and everything is going to be revealed. Point number two, and this is where we're going to pick up in the second chapter. God will evaluate according to his kindness. And this is Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. Uh, Pastor, can I get you to read that one for us? Which one? Romans 2 and uh, 4. Romans 2 and 4, okay. 2 4. Okay. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance? And long suffering, not knowing the goodness of God, leadeth thee to repentance. This is Paul trying to get them to understand that God is good to everybody, not just the Jews, but he was good to the Gentiles as well. But he's wanting them to understand that, yeah, he's given you these blessings that you're receiving. However, we still need to repent of our sins, okay? And this is what I mean by us understanding why good people won't go to heaven. We can have good ways. We can do good things. However, if we have not repented of our sins and claimed Christ, as our Savior, it's not, it, it don't mean just, okay, I'm not going to make it. You're not going to make it. We have to acknowledge that Jesus is his son and that he died and he rose for us. So, and he bared the infirmities of all of us, the sins past and present and future. We have to acknowledge that. So Paul is saying here, yes, he's pouring out his goodness, and he is giving you blessings. However, mm -hmm. this kindness is supposed to lead us to repentance. We as Christians... I have a, yes, sir. I, I have a question. Yeah. And if you're going to deal with it later, just please say so. I guess the question I have is, if, if we claim that God is so good, then why isn't repentance coming around? Why isn't it? Why aren't we, why aren't we repenting? <laughs> well, that is a good question, Pastor. And 
I'm not putting you on the spot. It's just something to think about. Yeah, it is. Mm. Yes, it is. I mean, you greet people. How's it going? God is good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we respond all the time. Yes, ma'am, Sister Webb. I think that it could be a symptom of our human condition. I think that we <laughs> are so easily desensitized and making things normal that are really abnormal. And I think where we are at this point in time in society and our culture is that God is just common. Uh And so even though we have these catchphrases Uh about God is good all the time and whatever other phrases that we throw around, um, it's just the politically correct response uh-huh. without having to think about it. And I think in order to this journey, this walk with God is something that you have to think about every day mm-hmm. because there are so many things that we as humans, our humanity can lead us to fall short of obeying God's words, listening to God and obeying his words, that that's something that we have to think about constantly every day. Like, in everything that we do, we have to think about, I need to be listening to God's words, and I need to be obeying it. And that's, that's active participation in this walk. That's my feel. And that's pretty much it. You know, to, to like you were saying, to, to just throw the cliches out there, like you say, to be politically correct without having to get off into any long dissertation with anybody. Oh, God is good, and you just keep it moving. Yes, he is good. And this is what Paul is trying to get them to understand. Yes, he is good. Yes, he is just. Yes, he is faithful. He done already told us. He's going to reign on the just. He reigns on the unjust just as well as he reigns on the just. However, if that unjust does not acknowledge that Jesus is Lord and Savior, see, that's the key. We got to acknowledge that he is Lord and Savior, regardless of how many blessings we done got. And we can be good as gold. We can be good as gold. We can be doing everything that we supposed to be, you know, treating our fellow man right, somebody in trouble, we helping them out. Yeah, but we're still sinful. And Paul is trying to get them to understand that, no matter how, like I just said, no matter how good you're trying to be or want to be, you're still going to fall short because we didn't all sin and fell short. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm getting ready to state the obvious. Okay. But I just, I just want to bring it out. So you're suggesting that I can be good and go to hell. Uh-huh. So then who goes to heaven? That's not my question. <laughs> I mean, I know the answer. Right. It's the righteous. Right. The unrighteous can be good or bad. Mm-hmm. They're just, they're, they're out of fellowship with God. Mm-hmm. They don't have a connection. Well, and in a theocratic way, they're out of fellowship with God because they are unrepentant. Yes, sir. 
Because Jezebel went to hell yes. for one reason. She wouldn't repent. She wouldn't repent. So, Evangelist Riddle, please forgive me. You are this, right. This, this lesson is all in my business. <laughs> That's all right. I mean, I literally just had a conversation with my bishop. Uh-oh. And I was saying to him, this COVID thing is just wrecking the church. Mm-hmm. Well, and he said, he read an article two days ago that 60,000 pastors have resigned since COVID started. Mm-hmm. And now we're talking about the March? Yes. Wow. Oh, wow. 60,000. Oh, wow. 60,000. Because... Oh, so why do you think so? Is it because... I mean, I, I know COVID, but is it because they're losing money or is the people just not coming? Why, I mean, what... what Probably both. Well, I, I am going to... I did not have time to research and find the article. That's one thing I'm going to do. But the the reference point by which that article was mentioned to me is that pastors are under so much stress right now. Oh, and that's what because they they have no ability to pastor right now. Everything is completely out of their control. Now, if you want to, I mean, I'm sure that there's some money issues. I mean, I've talked to some pastors who are having those issues. I, I know it's a church attendance issue because I don't know any church that has 100% participation right. right now. Right. In fact, some churches have closed doors for the rest of the year. They've already announced it. Like one of our local churches said they had, I heard today, had 60 cases of COVID. So the, the ability to do your job right now under the normal strain, because pastors resign all the time. In fact, statistics show that every pastor thinks about resigning about three times a year. <laughs> the work jobs in there is that bad, huh? Well, it's, it, 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 it takes a toll if you don't take care of yourself. And yeah. it's really hard to do, Coach, because, for example, um, my best friend and I, Bishop Battle, we went RVing for two weeks. Well, a bishop died two weeks before that, and he had to deal with all of that over a five-week span, including the entire two weeks, the week, two weeks leading up to it, the two weeks we were gone, and the week after he was still dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And that's just one person. Mm-hmm. So, so I, 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 the other thing that really grabbed me about this Evangelist Riddle, is that during the course of the conversation, we were talking about the fact that most people don't listen to the church anymore. Mm-mm. Because First Lady was talking about it's a daily conversation. It's a daily thought process. Most of us, I mean, from what I can tell, and I'm, this is not specific to anybody, but when I came up in church, the mentality is completely different now. It's like God is, is an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Oh, like we don't care what we say. We don't care where we go. We don't care what we do. We don't care what we look like when we're doing what we're doing. When the Bible has very strict prohibitions against that. And we're like, oh, well, it's just what I do. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then you come along with this text. It just blew my mind. I'm sorry. You got me all excited. So I'm going to try and shut up. You but the righteous to. go to heaven, the unrighteous go to hell. Mm-hmm. And there's one difference. long, but if you don't repent, 
and ask for forgiveness for the things that, for the sins that you didn't commit in all of your goodness and acknowledge mm-hmm. that Jesus is Lord, no, you're not going to go there. Okay. So, Sister Yes, ma'am. Do you think repenting is a daily, is a daily task? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Every day. Every day. Because we commit sins knowingly and unknowingly. And when we ask him to forgive us, we're asking him to forgive us of those things that we did knowing we was doing wrong as well as the things that we didn't know. Okay, that makes much sense. I, now I, I, I got that now. Uh-huh. Well, the, the interesting thing about that evangelist riddle is that when you read Psalm 51, uh-huh. when David was repenting, uh-huh. he said, I acknowledge my sin. Uh-huh. Right. He knew he did it. Yeah. He knew he was wrong. Uh-huh. And... It wasn't just him saying, I repent of what I did. He felt it and didn't want to ever do it again. Right. Because repentance is about not just acknowledging that I did wrong. Repentance is about I failed you, mm-hmm. and I, I'm, I'm so deeply sorry about it. I'm, so, I'm broken about it. Imagine, imagine a husband coming home and telling his wife that he just cheated on her. Yeah. Oh. It wouldn't be too many of them left. Do you think he's just gonna he, he's just gonna say he's sorry and walk away? Mm-hmm. I mean, there has to be some kind of demonstration Ooh. of deep, intense sorrow mm-hmm. of the relationship being broken. Yeah, and the fact that you got a promise, swear, and and in, in one of the most famous cases of Kobe Bryant, he how how much of, did the ring cost that he bought his wife? Five million dollars, something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the show. Look, I'm serious about this, and we never heard anything else about him ever doing that again. But the, so, but to, we we we're. I don't want to teach the lesson. I don't want to teach the lesson because you 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 set a fire. Yeah, well, the, the reality of the situation is, is that when, as Deacon Griffin described, your relationship dictates whether you go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Well, your relationship is dictated by your frame of reference and, and your frame of mind to God. David said, your word have I hid in my heart that I won't sin against it. Oh. Because he knows that if he sins against God, his, his relationship is broken. Mm-hmm. And, and that takes him out of fellowship with God. That was the problem with Adam and Eve. As soon as they sin, they didn't want to be around God. <laughs> they were hiding from him. And that goes back to the frame of reference of, of people saying, well, it's okay to do it. It doesn't matter. God will forgive me. I can do what I want to. But don't you think that's because there's this sense of, um, ungratefulness or entitlement or thinking, you know, he'll understand, you know, he knows my heart. I just think yeah, that, that, yeah. that we're just so cavalier about it mm-hmm. that uh, it doesn't come across as like no, nobody takes the time to master their craft, mm-hmm. so to speak. You know, if I'm going to be involved with something that's going to take up a huge portion of my life, then I need to be immersed in that so that I know the ins of out because 
I have decided to make this a large part of my life. So if I'm going to do this walk with God, then I have to know everything that that entails so that I know how to troubleshoot and, you know, all the ears out that goes with committing to something. And you know what? Everything that you all have talked about is basically coming up in this next one, the point number three. And it's God will evaluate according to his accumulated wrath. All right? Did you say accumulated wrath? Yeah. That's just a moment. God will evaluate according to his accumulated wrath. Okay. All right. Pastor, I'm going to call on you again. Read Romans, yes, read Romans 2 and 5. But <laughs> <laughs> you are really digging in tonight. I like it. But after thy hardness and impenitent or unrepentant heart, Treasured up unto thyself wrath, treasured up, mm-hmm. treasured up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath, oh. and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Now, if you're just trying to get a conversation started, I'll start one. Go ahead. Because I hear you being quiet. <laughs> Go for it. Because, because therein lies the issue. Yeah. An unrepented heart is hard. Yeah. A, a, a hard heart says, I'm not letting anything in. I'm not changing. I was just at another church today, and there were, there were three stages. There was a ball of clay, and then there was something else, um, some other little uh, thing that you make with clay, and then there was a person. And it said, mold me, shake me, and make me. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> the illustration that, God was showing to Jeremiah with the potter's clay. Mm-hmm. Our heart doesn't say, mold me the way you want. Mm-hmm. Our heart says, I'm going to do what I want to do. And what you just described is, is in those kind of exact words that we don't hear anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay, check this one out, y'all. If the grace if the grace and kindness of God have not led us to repentance, then every day, moment by moment, hour by hour, we are storing up drops of terrible treasure of God's wrath, which which will break forth at the great white throne. God is allowing us to live and he is holding back punishment, giving us kindness so that we will repent, turn to him in repentance. Our judgment for eternity will be in different proportion to the amount of kindness that God has given to us, which we ignored as coming from God. That just sums up everything that Pastor just said. Yes, sir. I looked up that word, impenitent heart. Uh huh. It means admitting no change of mind. So you're unrepentant. Yes, but what you're saying is, is I'm not going to change my mind for God. Right. I'm I'm staying exactly where I am. Mm-hmm. And. What if Abraham had done that? Ooh. No, God, I'm not leaving my family's house. 
What if Moses said, even after all this whining, no, I'm just not going to do it. Well, we saw what happened with Jonah. Jonah said no and just kept making things worse. Mm-hmm. I refuse to change my mind about what God said. That's really where we are. Mm-hmm. Right now. In this day and age. Right now. <laughs> Point four. God will. Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. Um. So, talking about what you're saying, I I refuse to change my mind, right? Uh huh. So, do you think a lot of us don't know our mind needs to be changed, or? Do you think a lot of us don't know that our mind needs to be changed and we think we're doing the right thing? That's a good question, Mother Barb. And if you've never been taught, then you're going to feel like you're doing everything that you're doing, you're doing right, and you're going to go to heaven anyway. But once you've been taught that all that goodness ain't what gets it, then, yeah, right. you do. You have to change that mind and you have to do something different, okay? Um, mm-hmm. With some of us, I feel that they can be, to add on what Pastor said, I feel that some of us can be so hard hearted till we don't want to change. Uh-huh. And we know that we, you know, yeah, I'm doing good, but. Okay, I had a cousin, and my mom would always talk to him about coming to church and joining the church and everything. And what this man said stuck with me, and I was a kid when he said this. He said, Louise, he said, I'm a good person, and I do everything that I can possibly for everybody. He said, but you know what? The way I see some of the Christians live, and they say they got a seat in the heaven. I know I got one because I'm doing the same thing. So why do I have to, you see where I'm going? So now, right. You know, if, if, if they claim that they got a seat in heaven and doing all of this mess, doing the same thing that I'm doing, well, I know I got one guaranteed which is not yeah. true right. because even us that's supposed to be king's kids, you, you ask the question. We have to repent every day. We have to for the things that we did wrong, that we knew was wrong, and for the stuff that we didn't realize was wrong. You can hurt somebody's feelings and not know it, but those right. things, but those are the ones that I'm talking about. If this person don't ever say to you, well, you hurt my feelings by what you did or what you said, if they don't ever say that to you in order for you to ask for forgiveness, okay, fine, well, and good. We still got our master, our creator that we got to ask forgiveness for. And he'll work, he'll deal with the other individual, but we just have to make sure that all our I's are dotted and our T's are crossed. Uh-huh. I see you thinking the wheels is rolling. Come on with it. I just, I didn't want to interrupt you. Um, Mother Griffin. Yeah. That's the $64 million question. Yeah. That, that every saint should be asking. And the answer is always yes. I need to be changing. Uh-huh. It's, it's not do I make one change or two changes. It's changing in whatever direction the will of God is changing in. Mm-hmm. And Paul said it's high time we wake out of sleep. Um, Jesus said at the judgment day the sheep are going to go one way, the goats are going to go another way. There's always been some people going, some people not going. And for people who say, 
that, well, there have been some church people who do bad things. That's true. But we have to go by what God said judgment would entail. If that person repents, they're forgiven. It's the unrepentant person. It's, it's the liars. It's, it's the ones who don't follow him. You know, the Bible says that we are not to, um, what's, what's the word there? Grieve the Holy Spirit. Most of us think of grieving the Holy Spirit as when we're in some kind of high worship service and it would say, okay, we need to calm down. That's not it. That's not what grieving the Spirit mm-hmm. is. Grieving the Spirit is not doing what the Spirit wants. Right. Mm-hmm. And what he's reminding then, us to do. And grieving the Spirit is when God said, do this, and then we don't do it. Right. And God says, don't do this, and then we do it. Right. And somehow we think that we're the exception to the rule. That's, that's a big entitlement issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see it well, it, it's, it's pervasive. Yeah. And when I was preaching Sunday, I, I, could you all hear the underlying message? I went into my prayer closet because I needed help. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that it was a money issue. It wasn't a sickness mm-hmm. issue. It, it wasn't a job issue. It was that I need to make sure my connection with you was intact. Mm-hmm. That's all of us. Mm-hmm. I need to make sure that I'm doing the right thing, that I'm, I'm doing everything you want me to do, because that's what the meek, blessed are the meek, is all about. The meek are the ones who are moldable, M-O-L-D-A-B-L-E. Mm-hmm. The meek shall inherit the earth. And the, the Mother Griffin, please don't take this personally, because I know from what point of reference the question comes from. Mm-hmm. It comes from honesty and sincerity and wanting to know. The first thought that hit my head was, how long have you been in church? And for someone to be in a church and not know that, tends to suggest that they're not getting the message. Now, I'm, please don't take this personal because it's not. Mm-hmm. Because when, when a person, um, for example, you were a principal, yeah. and every time a teacher came into your office and brought up policy, you had to know what the policy book said, right? Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, when, when I go into my boss's office at work, he'll say to me, well, what does policy say? I said, I just happen to have it right here because mm-hmm. I've already printed it out <laughs> because I know the way he talks and the way he thinks because I only came in here because policy is not being followed. <laughs> mm-hmm. After the first time he said that, I just go in with policy. I pull it off, I pull it off the policy part of the website, I said, this is what policy says. We're not doing this. And it it, it really goes, Mother Griffin, please, please don't be angry with me because you're you're not that person, okay, that I'm talking about. It's that pervasive mentality that has infected the church. Because we are surrounded by it everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many, how many times have we heard in our family, it was good enough for my mama? Mm-hmm. It was good enough for my daddy? Mm-hmm. It's good enough for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mama and daddy 
and grandma and grandpa didn't have access to information like we did. No, they didn't. No. My mother and father didn't have computers. Nope. My my grandfather didn't even have indoor plumbing. Nah. Or electricity mm-hmm. when try that when one close though. to power. So I, I mean I have access. I can click on a free app and find out the definition of every word in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and to to have that drive that Jesus said, love me with everything. Seeking you shall find. Knocking the doors open. And and to hear Stephen say, Lord, forgive them what they're doing. I'm just preaching your word. Mm-hmm. They're stoning me to death, but don't lay it to their charge. Mm-hmm. And then the disciples being whipped and counting and, and praising God because they were worthy to suffer. Oh, and the minute we get a pain, God, oh, God did me wrong. I got a pain in my body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bouncing off of what you just said, preacher. Evangelist Riddle. Yes, sir. Can I interrupt? Mother Griffin was getting ready to say something, and I know it's going to be good because she had some good stuff down there. Please say it. I saw it. I saw it. You think it? (laughs) But no, what I'm going to, to what you're saying that when I ask questions, I always try to put myself in that position of what I, when you're, when, what, when I'm really into it, I'm trying to, you know, whether my child's naive or whether my child, whatever, I always try to put myself in the position of what we're talking about to see where I stand, where I feel that I stand. So I'm not, a, I'm not offended past. I, that's that's why some of the things I ask. I'm trying to, I'm trying to put myself, and I'm trying to analyze my own self. Well, and and the reason why I address it the way I do is because you verbalize what other people think. Mm -hmm. And some people won't say it, and they won't even realize they were thinking about it until it's said. True. Mm -hmm. And the Jesus said this, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He wasn't talking about physical work. He was talking about what sin does to us. It weighs us down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Evangelist Earl. <laughs> I just have to no. shut up. Bouncing back to our subject, Understanding why good people go to hell. All right, this point that I'm fixing to make now is can kind of sum up with this or goes along with this. We feel that we're going to be judged by our good deeds and our bad deeds. And that's not the way the judgment is going to go. That's not the case. All right. From what I studied and from what I, I, I read, one of the things that came up in this was God will take the best works of a moral man or woman and compare them with Jesus' deeds. Jesus raised the lame, he gave sight to the blind, and he healed the sick. He takes on the sins of the entire world and by his death and sacrifice brings salvation to those who commit to him as Savior and Lord. No person in his right or her right mind wants to be judged on works because somewhere along the line, we're going to fall short because it's going to be always somebody that's going to outwork you and you're going to always outwork somebody else. You're going to always have that. And if we're going to be judged that way, us being the humans that we are, we want mercy. 
Okay. Now, we can have mercy and we can get mercy. But the thing is, it still goes back to what we were saying earlier. Were we repentant enough to not want to do those things that we did do to ask repentance for, not to ever do it again, Lord, help me not do that no more, okay? Doing that self-check every day, and every day that he, that he brings to us, he gives us brand-new graces and brand-new mercies every day. So we need to, like Pastor just said, we need to keep ourselves in alignment. We have to stay in alignment. Is it hard? Yes, it is. Because guess what? Right now, any of us, if we're on the street somewhere and we're driving, let somebody come through driving erratic or cut us off. Then we'll show, that shows that button got pushed. And guess what? After you act out of character, now you got to pull over and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I didn't, you know, please forgive me for saying that stuff that I just said. Acting the way I just or acted. Or that stuff I just thought. Nah. <laughs> because what he say, so is a man thinks, so is he. If you don't thunk it, you might as well say it. Mm-hmm. That's the way I do that. That's what, that's what the old folks used to say. If you thought it, you might as well say it because it's like you done done it anyway if you thought it. Right. Evangelist Riddle. Yes, sir. Do you mind if I read a few verses? Go ahead. This is Matthew seven twenty one, and it's going to drive your point home. Um, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Mm -hmm. Have we, I'm sorry, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And Jesus said, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And what does know mean? Let's go back to what you just preached about, what, last Sunday or a couple of Sundays ago. No. In this instance, the relationship. Did you have a relationship with me? Out of all of that that you did, did you have a relationship with me? And that's what it's based on, our relationship. The fact that someone can preach, cast out devils, Mm -hmm. do many wonderful works, this suggests these are leaders and leaders of leaders. And they're they're doing all of these hard, lifelong, committed things. And they did it all without even knowing who God was. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because it was just a job. Mm -hmm. Yep. And there was a preacher, I think Alice shared an article with me several months ago. The preacher wrote a letter to the church saying, I need to resign or take a leave of absence from the church. He said, because I don't have a relationship with God right now. Mm-hmm. Now, that, that you can't get any more honest than that. I need to step back from my job and yeah. take care of my soul. Yeah, get me back together. Right. Because Paul said, I can, I can do all of this stuff preach, 
and teach and all this stuff, and yet I can be a castaway. Okay. God will evaluate without playing favorites. <laughs> and I tell everybody, I tell Alice all the time, God likes me more than he likes her. Oh, see. See. <laughs> all right. The example, you need to stop. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, picture this. Okay. Say you're in a tall building, 10, 10, 20 stories up, okay? And you're looking down at the street. And everybody down on the street, you can't tell whether they're a six-foot person or a three-foot person. Because everybody look like they the same size, and the cars look like little toys going up and down the street. All right. Now, picture you coming back down to the street, and now you see the people. Okay. But there's still no difference because when God looks at us. Uh-huh. He's looking down at us, and to him, everybody looks the same. He don't care whether you're six feet or three feet. Oh. Did you have that relationship that I asked you to have with me? No, I'm not going to uh-huh. play favorites. You know, I don't care how many good deeds you done done that Benny Riddle wasn't able to do. I don't care how much more tithes you was able to pay that Benny Riddle wasn't able to pay. It don't matter. We, I'm going to be fair with everybody across the board. It don't matter who, how tall you are, what more you done done. It's about the relationship. In Romans 8 and 32, it said, he who spared not his own son, but delivered him up, will certainly not hesitate to judge those who reject his free offer of grace in Jesus Christ. So this is letting us know that if we don't acknowledge Jesus Christ as the doorway to him and having that relationship with God, it don't matter what works you've done. It don't matter. You're still not going to get in. However, if you read Romans 2, 12 to 15, the point that will be made in that one will be God will evaluate according to how well we've lived up to the light that we've received. Now, this is going back to what Pastor just said about knowing, people knowing and people not knowing. Like you said, Pastor, our ancestors did not have access to the word the way we have it now. We can put the word on our computer. We can put it on our telephone. We can we can do audio books. You know, you can pull it up on YouTube. You know, <laughs> you know. There's no reason for you not to know about me. And when I say me, I'm talking about the Lord. Talking about God. We. We hear the gospel. You know, we even got gospel stations on our radios, on our TVs, that play the word 24 hours a day. But now you can choose to flip on by that station if you want to. But you're missing out on the light. Uh-huh. Okay. We have 
We have greater light because we as Christians, <laughs> we have more responsibility. Because, because we are Christians, we are supposed to know what the rules. This is what Paul is going back. Let me go back a minute. Because the church was divided in Rome and they were disputing about worshiping God, circumcision, eating kosher, not eating kosher, you know, and, and, and the Jews were looking down on the Gentiles like, well, hey, we got this going on. However, no, you don't because you still messed up too. And the reason being is because the Jews had the Torah. They had the law. And they knew how to abide by the law. Some of them did, some of them didn't, all right? But in a way, it made them even more accountable because they knew it. The Gentiles didn't know because they hadn't been taught until Paul and the other disciples came through, Jesus came through, started spreading the word, not only to the Jews, but to the Gentiles. They traveled all over, okay? But because the Jews had the Torah, they knew the sacrifices and all of that. Mm-hmm. And you're still not wanting to do it. Well, you're going, you're being held just as guilty because you're denying some of the light that should be shown to bring these people in. It goes back to what I always say. We have to be mindful of what we say and what we do because we are Christians. We have to be mindful of these things because a lot of people is not going to pick up that book to read it. They're going to be reading us. In a lot of cases, we are the only Bible that people will read. They're going to watch. They're going to see what you do. And you're being watched whether you realize it or not. So this is what the author is saying here. He's saying that we will be evaluated on the light that we have received and also the light that shines within us. Can we, let me see, how can I word this? Can we understand that the key is are we living up to what we know? And sad to say, the answer is no, we're not. A lot of us, we're not living up to what we know is right and wrong according to the light that we have received. That's the reason why Paul wrote and said, we all have fallen short. We have sinned and fell short. We're not perfect, even though we try to be or try to act like we are. But we're not. We're not perfect by a long shot. In Romans 2, verses 7 through 8, it says, To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth, and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. Where is that scripture? I'd like to see it again. Romans 2, 7 through 8. Okay. Thank you. No worries. Now we're getting down to our last point. God will evaluate according to 
the inner secrets of our heart. Pastor, will you read Romans 2 and verse 16, please? Yes, ma'am. Happy to. 16. In the day when God shall judge. <laughs> I would do one of your numbers. <laughs> In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. <laughs> you know, I do that, did you? <laughs> The secret. The secret. The secret. Now. Those secret thoughts. What'd you say? Them things that we found. And we have, and we have, we have numerous of amounts of those. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I keep telling y'all. In my closet, I got a trunk with chain on it, and it's double locked. And every once, every once in a while, one of them skeleton bones want to come out, and I got to push it back up in there and rewrap it. Oh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, this this is virtually saying that when we stand before that great white throne. On the day of judgment, mm-hmm. all of that stuff that we kept to ourselves, some of it we did share with others that we thought was close to us, all of that mess is going to be revealed. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and as I studied this, I got the thing, and I was like, ooh. Mm-hmm. And I thought about some of the stuff that I done did, that I ain't told mm-hmm. nobody that I done done. And right. it's going to be coming out, and I'm like, ooh. Oh, no. You better repent and get that in the forget from You understand. <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand? For real, for real. You know, we all got those mm-hmm. skeletons, and we got those deeds that we have buried down in our memory. However, at that time, it will be revealed. Romans 8 and 1 says, There is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. And this is what Pastor just said. We got to get it straight. We got to get it right. Okay, picture this. And then I'm going to shut up and let y'all have some more discussion, I hope. Picture this. You get a ticket, and on that ticket, it's got a court date, okay? However, before that court date, it's some stuff that you need to have right, such as if you got that ticket and your driver's license say you're supposed to be wearing glasses and you ain't got on none because they broke or whatever, okay? Before that court date, you need to make sure that you got them glasses, okay? You're driving your car with no insurance. Before that court date, you need to have proof of insurance, okay? And I said that because (laughs) it's better to settle out of court If that makes sense? Then to stand there and you got all of this stuff messed up. That's what Pastor was mm-hmm. saying. That's what I've been saying. Before court date, y'all, we need to make sure that we are in alignment, that our relationship is proper. And 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 we acknowledge that Christ is Lord and Savior. We go to him, we repent of everything that we done did, like Pastor just said, so to get thrown into that sea of forgiveness, that way it won't come up against us. 
because now we have settled all of this out of court. Mm-hmm. So when we do stand before him, he'll be saying, welcome my child, rather than depart from me, I never knew you. Mm-hmm. I hope lesson made sense. Well, I got some of the conversation going. Sir? I got something to say to keep the conversation going. Okay, go ahead. Jesus said he's coming like a thief in the night. We don't know when our court date is. See, that's the reason why that's the reason why I'm glad that that, that, that Mother Griffin asked the question. Is this a daily thing that we need to do? Yes it is. Because we don't know. No. So I'm hoping that we understand that no matter how good we want to be or how good we're doing until we are repentant and, and, and acknowledge Christ as our Savior, all of that goodness is not going to allow us to come in. I hope it made sense. I thank you all for listening and participating. We got any more questions or comments? It was a good lesson. Thank you. Yeah, good lesson. I have a couple of uh, of things that I need to uh, announce. Yes, sir. Uh, Deacon Griffin, I got the shipping uh, email about the Sunday school literature being shipped. Okay, it's, it's been shipped. Yes. It's been shipped. In fact, yes, in fact, I sent it to uh, D. Simpson already. Uh, if you haven't, did you get that uh, email from me yesterday? D. Simpson.